It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Today, I've got a lot for you. We're going to talk about this game one between Tyler Malley and Wade LeBlanc in the Reds and Cardinals series. We're going to break that down. Going to talk about the weekend that is Castillo and Gray. Plus, I got some thoughts about their trade candidacy. And at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about fretboard brewery that's all coming up on today's podcast packed podcast thank you so much for joining me today's podcast by the way is brought to you by spotify green room check out the spotify green room app on your ios or android device today and join me next week as we talk about this reds team that's the spotify green room app they're changing the way that we talk sports The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everyone? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for finding me. If you don't follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, make sure you do so. And subscribe right here to the YouTube channel. That way you don't miss anything that I've got going for you here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Today, we've got a lot to talk about with this Reds Cardinals series and the trade deadline looming, plus a big event coming up on Monday with Steve Offenbaker, Mo Egger, and myself talking Reds baseball and having a couple of brews doing it. But that's all coming up later on the podcast. Before we get into all that, make sure that you're following me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone for comments, questions, reactions, whatever you've got. 513-549-0159. All right, so today the Reds and Cardinals begin their series after an off day for the Reds on Thursday and the Cardinals beat the Cubs on Thursday as well. It is a pivotal series for both teams and and we kind of did an in-depth preview from both sides with Lucas Smith from Locked On Cardinals yesterday. If you didn't check that out, make sure you go listen to what we had to say. He mentioned Tyler O'Neill. We'll bring him up in just a few minutes, but I want to focus on today's pitching matchup. We've got Tyler Malley against Wade LeBlanc. And, and Malley here recently has been good, but not great. 
Uh, he's been giving up a lot of base runners. There's been uh, more runs than you like getting scored on him. I think it all kind of stems back to June 16th in Milwaukee. He had a stellar start. It wasn't a one of those seminal things that you say, oh, the season might be turning. But he had 12 strikeouts, and he seems pretty obsessed with getting that K number up. Don't get me wrong. It's been nice all season long, but after those 12 strikeouts, his pitch counts have been high. He's been kind of inefficient, if you will. He's been getting very high in the pitch counts early on in the games, fourth, fifth innings. You're starting to see 80, 90 pitches, and you're like, dude, just get out of this inning quick because we need you to pitch more than five innings, more than six innings, and he hasn't gone more than six innings in the last four starts. In fact, it's been a while since he's gone more than six innings. And with this bullpen, he is a guy that you look for to be that innings eater, to be the guy who's going to put the Reds in a situation to win and do it with multiple six, seven inning appearances. Just hasn't had that here recently. I think that when you look at this start for Tyler Malley, how will it go good is if he controls those pitch counts. And I mean, I, I look back to that June 16th appearance where he has 12 strikeouts. He cannot get obsessed with hitting the corners, with nibbling around the zone. Make sure you throw good pitches when they're in the zone, but make sure that you throw those strikes. Now, that's all saying this to say that he's still kept his walk rate okay. It's not amazing, but it's not bad either. He has been able to limit the bases on balls. It's just he goes full with a lot of guys and he has to fight through guys who fight off pitches. And so his pitch count goes up there, whether or not he has a clean inning. So I'd love to see him maybe channel his inner Wade Miley a little bit and have some quick innings and pitch a lot into this game because we saw it with the Brewers last week and the Brewers were patient. The Brewers had a lot of defensive at bats where they fouled off a ton of pitches and sure he had eight strikeouts on the day. But he allowed a lot of base runners, too. We're talking about 10 base runners, two homers, just a rough day on the mound for him, giving up those five earned runs. So how does he bounce back from that? How does he and Derek Johnson really work through this pivotal start? Because this weekend is very important, not only for the fact that if they're buyers or sellers, but for the entire season as a whole. We're getting into the nitty-gritty where the Reds have what we like to deem as an easy schedule But if you don't beat the teams that are right there with you, and make no mistake about it, the Cardinals are only behind the Reds in the loss column. They both have 49 wins. So if the Cardinals win tonight, they jump them in the standings. That's not something that we want to talk about on Monday. Hopefully, they can win this series, and it starts with Tyler Malley tonight. It's interesting to note that when you look at his numbers, and I've got some little graphics and stuff that I'll try and uh, roll into this podcast here if you're watching on YouTube. Right now, you're looking at his percentile rankings when it comes to average exit velocity, his expected statistics, and things like that. It's okay. You know, you like to see a lot more red there. There's some pink, but he has been better than your average pitcher. You know, smarter than your average bear type thing. He's just not been quite as amazing as you'd hope. I mean, he's still the third best pitcher talent-wise on this team, and he's pitching like it. It's been a nice uh, year for him. It's just here recently he's not been as good or as effective as he probably would like or as we would like to see him. A lot of that has to do with his slider, and 
okay, well, we got a graphic here, but <laughs> I can barely read it. So you're probably not going to be all right. Anyway, that was his pitches. He has three pitches that he uses his four seamer, his splitter and a slider. His slider gets killed. His slider has given up plenty of hits, seven home runs and a slugging percentage against a 496. So how does he combat that with his other two pitches that are amazing? His fastball and his splitter have been fantastic pitches for his the, for him this year. It's just he throws his slider way more than he throws his splitter. So how does he use it effectively and get guys out? That's going to be important for him this tonight's game. Going up against him is Wade LeBlanc. And you've heard that name. I know you have because he's pitched for a while. He made his debut September of 2008. I was just barely out of high school and starting college then. So it's been a while and he has pitched for a lot of teams. I got that graphic up there right now. He's pitched for nine teams. The Cardinals are the ninth team that he's pitched for in his career. And actually it's amazing to think that nine teams, and he's actually been on four different teams this season. You look at these transactions. He signed by the Orioles in February, cut by him in March, signed back the day later by the Orioles. Then he signed by the Brewers. He spends all the month of May, beginning on May the 4th, with Milwaukee, doesn't pitch for them at all. Then he goes to Texas, doesn't pitch for them for two weeks, and then the Cardinals signed him on June 17th. Dude's been around, even just this year. So with that, the Reds really aren't going to throw anything at him that surprises him, because he's been around. He's pitched out of the bullpen, he's pitched out of the rotation, and he has a good mix of pitches and we'll see if this one looks yeah it's still really tiny we'll have to work on that one but you can see he's got a cutter a sinker a changeup a four seamer and a curveball he has lots that he can work with really mainly throws that cutter sinker and change so he's going to be barely changing those planes and changing how the ball looks to each hitter He's not been overly impressive this season. A lot of that has to do with a nine and a half ERA as a Baltimore Oriole. But since coming over to the Cardinals, he's looked all right in eight games and four starts. He's given up eight earned runs on four homers. So he is susceptible to the long ball. He has 13 strikeouts to nine walks, which means that his fielding independent pitching shows He's been getting lucky because whenever you see him on the mound, they'll probably talk about the fact that his ERA as a Cardinal is below three. It shouldn't be because he's been lucky. Maybe the Reds can blow him up. But honestly, you talk about a dude who has pitched for nine teams. He's been with even far more. He's been with four this year, two teams that he didn't even pitch for and then moves on to the Cardinals. I almost, and I know, obviously I want the Reds to win. Don't, don't misconstrue this, but I almost kind of root for Wade LeBlanc guy like that he's been around pitched for 13 years and never really caught on with any one team I mean the most he's pitched if you see that graphic again the most that he's pitched with any one team was four years with the Padres and that's the team that he came up with so I kind of root for a guy like that now I'm not going to root for him to beat my team but maybe if he looks all right doing it gives up a couple homers the Reds lead like three or four to nothing by the time he leaves the game and the Reds end up winning the game then hey I'll be happy for Wade LeBlanc and I'll be happy for the Reds too but that brings an interesting point to this series because the Cardinals don't have Jack Flaherty we talked about that with Lucas Smith yesterday he's on the IL the Reds are not going to see um the other big starter Wainwright wow almost forgot Wainwright's name 
I, I guess there's a reason for that. I'm not really sure. He plays for the Cardinals. Who cares? Uh, but he's not going to pitch in this game either, and neither is KK Kim. This series, we'll see Wade LeBlanc, and then we will see Johan Oviedo on Sunday. And Saturday's starter will be a dude by the name of Jake Woodford. You might remember him only because Nick Castellanos flexed over him. Other than that, he's not really memorable. So the Reds need to make some hay, not only because of where they are in the standings and how these first six games of the second half have gone, but also because they should be favored on paper in all three of these games. Now, the issue is going to be the lineup. We'll talk about that here in just a minute as we look at who else is pitching for the Reds this weekend. And I've got some thoughts as to their trade candidacy. That's going to come up in just a moment. But before we get into all of that, I wanted to let you know that you should get into a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market because it's made with 100% real chocolate and the statistics are amazing. We're talking about four grams or less of net carbs and sugar, and we've got up to 17 or 18 grams of protein. Plus, on the limited flavors scale, They've got carrot cake back. If you haven't tried the carrot cake built bar, you're missing out. This stuff is tasty, and it's right up there with my favorite cherry barcia and coconut brownie chunk. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal flavors that they've got on there. Their everyday flavors also include the likes of raspberry. They've got peanut butter brownie. We're talking about things that when you take a bite of them, you're going to feel like you're eating a candy bar, but it's healthy for you like a protein bar. It's not cardboard. It's not tasting like absolutely nothing and doesn't feel like just sand in your mouth. It is tasty, chocolatey, and healthy for you. Check it out today at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. You're not going to be disappointed. I'm telling you, if you have not tried Built Bar, you should do it today at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so coming up this weekend, we've got the top two guys in the Reds rotation pitching, Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. Last weekend, that didn't work out so well for them. In fact, it was the same deal Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Mally Castillo Gray against the Brewers, and they lost all three of those games. You can't do that. You can't do that moving forward. You have to win two out of three of the of this series against the Cardinals, especially with the aces on the mound. If I'm Lucas Smith, I'm talking about the fact that it's going to be a rough series against these top three pitchers. However, the Cardinals hitters have been better as of late. You're talking about Paul Goldschmidt. He's always good, but they've really had a resurgence, as he's mentioned, of Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill has taken the reins of their cleanup clean hitting spot and just ran with it. He has been phenomenal. If you look at his stat cast page, everything's red. He's hitting the ball really hard. He's got great expected batting average, great expected slugging. All of his expected statistics are through the roof. The interesting thing is he's not fared well against Reds pitchers. In his career, which isn't super long, but in his 62 plate appearances against Reds pitching, he only has a batting average of 164. Now, 
StatCast would tell you that he's getting unlucky, but the only guy that he's really had any success against at all is Luis Castillo, and he's only had two hits. It's just that those two hits were home runs. So how does he fare against this Reds pitching staff this weekend is probably going to be the main point in the storyline on Monday of how this series goes. How do the Reds contain Tyler O'Neill in that cleanup spot is going to be important. And you see tonight's pitching matchup against Tyler Malley. He hasn't fared super well. He has three hits and four strikeouts in 13 plate appearances. So do the Reds continue to hold him down as a pitching staff? Because we have not seen the overwhelming ability that he has shown against other teams this year against the Reds. Maybe that means he's due. I don't know. That's how we always like to talk about in baseball parlance. But when it comes to this weekend series, it's going to go a long way. And we're talking about Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, who last weekend fell victim to the same thing I talked about with Tyler Malley. The pitch counts were high. They were giving up walks and hits, lots of base runners. The Brewers were all over the base paths against these two guys. And Castillo, while he still managed to keep them off the scoreboard, ended up falling victim to a blown bullpen game. So a lot of that will affect their psyche coming into this Cardinals series. That is super important. Plus, we're talking about a Cardinals team that if you look up and down, their sprint speed metrics are pretty good, which means if they get on base, there's going to be some movement. The Cardinals are going to try and run, especially against Castillo and Gray, who have been prone to giving up steals. It'll be interesting to see how that affects them. And, and two guys who, honestly, Sonny Gray and Castillo haven't been as good. I mean, Castillo has been amazing here lately, but overall for the season have not lived up to the expectations we were hoping for. One is different from the other. Castillo had a rough start to the year, but has finally righted the ship here recently. And his numbers are coming back down to Castillo-ian, Castillo-ian, whatever you get it, where we expect him to be. Sonny Gray, on the other hand, it's been health. And it's interesting to note that this offseason, there were rumors about both of these guys being traded. And both, I think, for different reasons. I wonder if maybe yeah, there were two things that I thought. Number one was, okay, somebody called Nick Crawl and asked him about him, and he didn't hang up right away. So then they said, okay, well, the Reds are, being, are talking about trading these two guys. That's not wrong. It's still just out of context. But you could also look at it this way. Did Nick Kroll in the front office think that we've seen the ceiling of Luis Castillo and maybe it's time to sell high? That's a possibility. Or maybe the, they look at Sonny Gray and think he might be injury prone here at the end of his contract. Maybe it's time to sell high on him as well. So with the Reds now teetering on the edge of are they sellers or are they buyers and how this weekend will play into that, it's interesting to note that those two guys' names could come up in rumors again. In fact, Ken Rosenthal in his piece talking about how the Reds missed out on Willie Adamas mentioned that if the Reds become sellers, they should look to try to trade Luis Castillo. I don't necessarily think I agree with that, but they should maybe explore something with Sonny Gray. No, don't get me wrong. I love Sonny Gray. I'm not saying that I want to see him playing for another team, but if they are in a situation where they could reload for next year, maybe fill a couple of holes and maybe get a young guy or something like that for him, 
they should look at that because he's been on the IL multiple times. Now, the one over the All-Star break was purely out of strategy. I firmly believe that. I don't necessarily think that it was something that he will have to worry about, the rib situation. He went on the IL with bruised ribs. So I, I think that's okay, but he had some extended stays earlier this season. So every time he's on the mound, it feels like we're saying, well, he's just got to get used to it. He's just got to get into the groove of pitching every fifth day or every sixth day, depending on how David Bell works the rotation magic. So with that, it makes you wonder if we're ever going to get into a groove with Sonny Gray and will the Reds benefit from a trade of Sonny Gray? Maybe they can flip-flop him into positional-wise where they get better. I I don't know. You've got Hunter Green and Nick Lodello who are close to coming up and filling rotation spots, I firmly believe, next year. So maybe you could get something for Sonny Gray here at the trade trade deadline. And it's, it's all going on top of the fact that maybe they trade Nick Castellanos and maybe they trade Tucker Barnhart if they do become sellers and Wade Miley as well. They have the ability to at least reload for next year and not necessarily turn it into a full teardown and rebuild and things like that. I, I don't think that they should really look super hard into trading Luis Castillo unless the offer is just gargantuan far and above what they ever expected to get for him. I think more or less they should be talking about a possible deal with Sonny Gray involved. That's just my feelings on the matter, though. I I find it interesting that we are here in this trade deadline uh, season, and we don't know because we weren't really sure what the Reds were going to be in the preseason, and now we're here at trade deadline season, and we still don't know. They're above 500, sure, but they're kind of far behind the Brewers. How do they parlay that? How do they play this next week? I, I think if it comes down to what they do this weekend, then Nick Kroll has to have an idea of what they're going to do on Monday. It cannot be something that they wait until the 30th to figure out where they are. Obviously, I think they know that, but we as fans like to emotionally react to wins and losses and say, well, they lost, they're a seller, or they won, they're a buyer. The front office can't do that. They cannot be hedging their bets on what's going to happen this weekend. They've already got to have a plan in place. I'd like to think that they do because we haven't had a chance to evaluate them yet. And this trade deadline is our first chance and sitting on their hands, I think would just be absolutely detrimental, not only to this year, but what the Reds do next season. And that's just my thoughts on uh, Gray and Castillo. All right, uh, coming up, I want to talk for a minute about this event that's coming up on Monday with myself, Stephen Offenbaker, and Mo Egger at Fretboard Brewery. Before we get into all of that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can still take advantage of our offer at betonline.ag and set up your profile today with the promo code locked on. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit, which means you're already making money right out of the gate then you can start turning your sports knowledge into cash. We're talking about lines for MLB. They've got MLS lines. I keep forgetting to mention that soccer is on there as well. They've also got futures for the NFL as that season is about to get started. Training camp is very, very close. And we're also talking about reality TV, award shows. All of that is at betonline.ag, and you can start making money on that today. Go set up your profile with the promo code Locked On to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. BetOnline.ag is the only online sportsbook that I trust 
and you should too. That's betonline.ag with the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. All right, I want to close out today's podcast by talking about my favorite brewery, Fretboard Brewery, which is where we have a live podcast event coming up Monday night. That's this coming Monday, July 26th at Fretboard Brewery. Mo Egger and Stephen Offenbaker from the Reds Alert podcast will join me. It'll be kind of a crossover for uh, Locked On Reds and Reds Alert. What's going to happen is the first half an hour will be the Locked On Reds podcast, and then you will be able to catch the second half hour on the Reds Alert podcast. But we're going to be talking about all things. We're going to be reviewing this season, kind of looking ahead, talking about the trade deadline as next week is really the seminal week in trade deadline season, and a lot more, I'm sure. There might be something come up about talking baseball on roller coasters and things like that. That will all be at Fretboard. What is Fretboard? Fretboard is an awesome brewery, my favorite brewery, and it's located in Blue Ash off Creek Road. They've got great beer selections when it comes to IPAs. They've got a couple of good amber ales as well. A pretty nice uh, lager that is Vlad. Um, actually, no, I take it back. Vlad's a Pilsner. Um, but they've got great seasonal selections as well. There was one that they had just come up with. It was a collaboration with them and Fathead's Brewery called the Grateful Spinner, which was a fantastic IPA. I think they still have some cans of that whenever you get there. Plus, they've got great food, too, with smoked out Scentsy. Great barbecue, the good sandwiches. They got this one called the Flying Pig that is just loaded with pulled pork, slaw, and great, great sauce. You got to check them out. They've also got so these loaded uh, barbecue fries that have pulled pork, cheese. They've got, um, I think there's bacon on there as well. Some great queso sauce. I, I, I absolutely love going to fretboard. Um, I try not to go there too much because my budget won't like it, but it's got fantastic beer. And Monday night, it'll have the Lockdown Reds and the Reds Alert podcast coming together to talk with Mo Egger about this team about the Reds. Hopefully we'll be talking about a winning series against the Cardinals and uh, looking forward to what they will do next week in the trade deadline season. Uh, That's at fretboard brewery on Creek road. Check it out today. Uh, Or, you know, definitely be there on Monday for the live podcast. It'll be my first live attempt at a podcast. Uh, You've seen how the videos have gone. So hopefully There won't be too many shenanigans. I'm expecting a couple of shenanigans, at least with a live podcast, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to see everybody out there as we talk some reds. There will also be questions from the audience and we'll have some trivia questions. I forget exactly how many we're going to do, but each trivia question, whoever gets it right, will get a free beer. So there's a chance for you to get a free beer as well. Check it out. Fretboard Brewery Monday night. Myself, Stephen Offenbaker and Mo Egger will be there, but that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Hopefully the Reds have a nice series against the Cardinals and we'll have something good to talk about because these last six days have been excruciating. That's why I was so happy with the win because talking about losses suck. I would much rather talk about wins. That's going to be coming up on Monday though. Check it out at fretboard brewery and we'll be watching the Reds and Cardinals all this weekend. But that's going to do it for us here today. Now, go check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Set up your betonline.ag account and listen to the Locked On Bets podcast for the best bets each and every day. That's the Locked On Bets podcast 
wherever you get your podcast. But as for the Lockdown Reds podcast, that'll do it for us. Thanks again for listening and watching. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow the podcast and follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But I'll talk to each and every one of you on Monday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.